Happy Mother's Day. How many mothers do we have in the house? If you're a mother, just stand up. If you're a mother, stand up. Let's give our mothers a big hand. Woo! All right. Look at all these mothers. Wow. I think we got a church of mothers. And if you're a grandmother, stand up. If you're a grandmother, stand up. Look at all the grandmothers. Come on, give the hand to the grandmothers. Wow. Okay, okay. Here's what we're going to do now. We're going we're gonna to push this a little further. If you are a great-grandmother, stand up. Anybody a great-grandmother? Wow. Look at that. Great-grandmothers. Woo. Yes. God bless you, great-grandmothers. Amen. Amen. Should we push it a little bit more? If you're a great-great-grandmother, stand up. Great-great-grandmother. Anybody? Anybody? Wow. Anybody? Great-grandmother? Do I have one? Oh, my goodness. There she is. Wow. A great-great-grandmother. Ah. Señor, le bendiga. Amen? Y amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. What an incredible day it is today. You know, you know, Mother's Day is right up there. Did you know Mother's Day is right up there with Christmas and Easter? I'm telling you, it's like a sacred holiday, you know? It's like, if you don't come to church with me today, I'm going to kill you. I mean, let me tell you something. I get Christmas, I get Easter, and I get Mother's Day. That's really cool. I, I am so glad that you're here today. And um, after the service, you're going to get uh, a picture. And there's a reason for that because it really goes along with the sermon. So I want you to turn in your Bible, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. And this morning, I want to start a brand new series entitled, A Portrait of an Unlikely Hero. A Portrait of Unlikely Heroes of the Bible. And 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, Brothers, I want you to change that to mothers. Everybody say mothers. mothers. Mothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world to despise the things that, um, that are strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things uh, that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become uh, to us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast only in the Lord. Let him who takes pride, take pride only in the Lord. Now the truth is, as we look at the scriptures, we can find a lot of unlikely heroes in the Bible. It, the Bible is really filled with incredible stories of people that were underdogs. You ever notice that? If you read the Bible, you'll see that God is always for the underdog. People who are unlikely candidates, people who were considered unlikely to succeed in life, people who weren't the top of the pick, you know, they weren't the cream of the crop, but God specializes in using these people, unlikely heroes of the Bible. I think of Abraham. God said to Abraham, I didn't choose you because you were great in number. I chose you because you trusted me. I think of Moses. Moses. Moses is put in the river and he's sent downstream. You know, he's got a real chance of being a, a great person. They're trying to kill him. I think of Esther. Esther is a woman 
who comes from a family where she lost a father and mother. She's living with her uncle, and everyone wants to kill the Israelites. That's not a whole lot of, uh, a lot of cream of the crop there as well. I think of Samson. Samson is, is thought to be this like really strapping, strong dude like Raymond right here. You know what I mean? Like really strong guy, right? Well, it wasn't the truth because Samson looked more like me. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that Samson was just an ordinary guy, but when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he did great things for God. He was an ordinary guy who knew an extraordinary God. Aren't you glad that we're ordinary people who know an extraordinary God? Come on, somebody. Saul was an ordinary God, guy who becomes a king. David, David's a young boy and he kills a giant. Think of Paul the Apostle. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. He should be on death row and God turns him into Paul the Apostle. Think about the 12 disciples and who they were. I mean, unlikely people to do great things for God. And the list is long and wide. Paul the Apostle said, not many of us were wise in human knowledge. He said, not many of us were influential. Not many of us were born of nobility. He said, but God chooses the weak things of this world to confound the wise. God chooses the foolish things of this world, like myself, to confound the wise. Why? Because God specializes in changing people's lives. God specializes in using the unlikely people of this world to confound the wise to say, that's what God does. He makes masterpieces out of people who who are falling into pieces. Come on, somebody, say amen. And so this morning, we want to talk about being a masterpiece for God, a portrait of an unlikely hero. Now, 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 I have to tell you, the truth is we all gather together on Mother's Day, and we come to applaud our mothers. Come on, let's give our mothers a big hand, and our grandmothers, and our great-grandmothers, and our great-great-grandmothers. And we applaud them and we encourage them. And the truth is, on at least this day, we recognize they are heroes. I mean, you know, you go to Hallmark and you, you look at those cards. And they're all about, like, mom is a superhero, you know. But if you would really survey the moms in this church, the truth is, if you would ask them what they feel about themselves, if you would survey real moms every day, 24-7 moms, mom who has long lists of things to do. Moms that never feel completely relieved from their motherly tasks and duties until they leave this world, you will discover that real moms are quite human. In fact, if you ask them, they'd say, please don't make me into a superhero. I'm a human being. Moms that struggle like the rest of the world struggles. Mom that feels at times that she doesn't have enough to, in the tank to keep on going. Real moms struggle with human weaknesses and shortcomings just like the rest of us. Real moms struggle with times of loneliness and doubt and fear over their inability to get the job done in their own lives and in the lives of their family. Real moms often struggle with feelings of coming up short. Not being able to do everything, expected to do everything, expecting to be super mom, but realizing and knowing deep in their heart that they're not a super mom, they're just human beings like you and I. Maybe the truth is this morning, you're here mom today and you're struggling right now with feelings of inability, feelings of insecurity, maybe feelings of fear and apprehension over being a mom. 
insecurity over the role of a mom, questioning your sense of calling and your sense of purpose as a woman and a mother. Well, mom, you are in really good company today. Because the Bible specializes in unlikely heroes, people just like yourself. People who struggle just like you struggle. People who wrestle just like you wrestle with your own sense of worth and ability. Ordinary people that did extraordinary things. Ordinary moms who are used by God in an extraordinary way. You know, I, I, I love K-Love. You know, it's this new Christian station. How many of you listen to K-Love? It's a new Christian station. And you know, when they were raising money, man, I sent it in. I was like, please, don't get off the air here in New York. We need you. I am so sick and tired of AM radio stations for Christians. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like you gotta, it's like you gotta tap the, the, the radio and turn it on its end like so you can get the, the radio station, you know? It's like, that's what Christians deserve? Come on, somebody. And now we've got this really awesome radio station, you know, and there's a song on it by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I'm driving to work. I love listening to Caleb. I listen all the time. It just blesses me so much. You know, and, and there's a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman about mothers who, you know, they get up, they rush around, clean up the toys, you know, they're trying to put lipstick on while they're trying to do their hair, you know, and running out the house. And, you know, they're wondering, are they really, really you know, doing the very thing that God wants them to do. And the song's all about anything that you do in the name of God, in the name of Christ, is for the glory of God. And your life, mom, is for the glory of God. Hallelujah. That God called you to do what you do, and you do it all unto the glory of God. Thank God for our mothers. And we applaud them. And, you know, when I look at the Bible and I look at mothers in the Bible, I immediately think of, like, the, 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 the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Here, here's the problem with that story when it comes to, not in the Bible, but how other uh, denominations and, and, and other faiths, you know, and whatever, they, they make mom out to be God. They make her out to be the mother of God. That she existed throughout all of eternity. She's the mother of God. You know what that does? That takes away from the story of God's grace. It takes away from the story that God uses human beings. He uses ordinary people. He uses an ordinary teenager. And he plants the seed of redemption in an ordinary teenager that struggles just like you and I struggle. And you know what? When we make Mary into a God, we forget she was a human being. And God uses unlikely heroes to do incredible things. Come on, somebody. You know, I think of Sarah. You know, in the Bible, I think of Elizabeth. I think of Hannah. Hannah, she wants to have a baby so bad. And she cries out to God, and God gives her a baby. And she gives that baby back to the Lord and said, this baby is going to be yours for the rest of his life. And you know what? Even though these people are human beings, we tend to want to make them into super moms. We tend to want to make them into these super godly women because we feel like, well, we, we could never be like her. But there's, there's somebody in the Bible that just kind of caught my attention this week as I was preparing. I said, oh, yeah, this is an unlikely hero. If there's any unlikely hero in the Bible, it's this woman. This woman, she's so unlikely that even today we'd say, What? Are you kidding me? God would never use her. Her name is Rahab. Rahab. Everybody say Rahab. Now who is Rahab? Rahab is a Canaanite woman. She's a pagan. She's not Jewish. 
She doesn't know, really doesn't know about God other than what God is revealing in the days to come, in the days past, just short time that she realizes, you know, he's the God of the universe. He's the God who created all things. He's the God of the Israelites. And, but, but Rahab is a pagan woman. She doesn't know God, and she lives in Jericho. And Jericho is the bad side of town. You know what I'm talking about, Braulio? It's the bad side of town. It's the place when, you know what, it gets like dark, you don't come out of your house. You know, gun, gunshots happening, and it's the bad t- side of, of the city. And, and bad things happen at night where Rahab comes from in Jericho. Jericho's a really wicked place. Jericho is so wicked that God says to the Israelites, wipe it all out. This is so bad. They're so polluted. They're so evil. Every intent of their heart is so evil. He'll wipe everything out. Don't let anything live. I mean, that just boggles my mind. But, but that's what God said because it was so evil. Rahab is a Canaanite. She lives in the bad part of town. She lives in Jericho, a bad place. And listen to me. I know it's going to be unbelievable, but Rahab is a prostitute. You know, let me say that again. Rahab sleeps with men for money. In fact, Rahab is a homebreaker. She's a home wrecker. And I'm not just talking about that Mexican place where you can find, uh, you can get a home wrecker there. I'm talking about a real home wrecker. You know what I'm talking about. What's the name of that place? Moe's, right? Go to Moe's and you can order those home wreckers. You know what I mean? Big burritos. Why do they call it a home wrecker? I'm not even going to let, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to even go there. I mean, there's a lot of beans in there. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm not going there. It's like, that's, that's wrecking the family, you know. But she's a home wrecker. She sleeps with men for money. She, she has slept with a lot of women's husbands in Jericho. She has a terrible, an incredibly terrible past and a terrible reputation right now. And she is a very unlikely hero, a very unlikely candidate for God to use. You know, this story, I mean, I want to say, wow, this is like right out of Desperate Housewives. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is some story here in the Bible. Can you picture this unlikely hero? Who would think that this woman could ever be used by God? After all, God isn't in the habit of endorsing prostitution. Last time I checked in the scriptures, it's sin. It's really bad. You know, God isn't in the habit of overlooking sin. But, but if we look in Joshua chapter 2, we find an incredible story of what God can do as he changes somebody's life. So come with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 2. And let's, let's read a little bit, you know, and I, I'm going to really try to stay on course today because uh, we want to get you out there to get you a picture if you didn't already take a picture. Then Joshua, verse 2, son of Nun, the poor guy, he didn't have a mother. <laughs> son of Nun. I mean, here's the sad thing. Some of you, don't, you still don't get it. <laughs> Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told about it. And some of the Israelites, the Bible says... He found out that they were spying, they were spies, and they went into the house. So the king of Jericho sent word, a message to Rahab, bring those guys out so that we might deal with them. Hmm? They've come to spy out the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I don't know where they came from. 
and now they're gone. I think they went that way, go chasing after them. And so the, the soldiers went out to go chase after them, and the Bible says that Rahab now then goes to the men at night. She hides them under the flax on the roof, and they're hiding out. And when it gets dark, it's a big risk, she goes up to the roof, and she speaks to these spies. Notice what she says. Listen, listen what she says from the scriptures. Verse 8, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the country, their hearts are melting with fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Ammonites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. We have heard about all this. Our hearts have melted, and everyone's courage has failed because of you. For the Lord, your God in heaven, is the God over the heavens and the earth. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father's my father and my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all those who belong to them, their, their, their children and their great-grandchildren, whoever they are, that you will save them from death. Our lives, the men said, for your life. He said, if, if, if you don't tell anyone what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down through a rope, uh, on a rope through the window, for the house that she lived in was part of the city wall. That's important. Now she had said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there for three days until they return and then go your way. The men said to her, this oath that we made you swear today, it is not binding if you tell anything about it. And not only that, but here's what we want you to do. We want you to take a rope. We want you to take a scarlet cord. And we want you to put it in the window, the same window that you're going to lower us down. And we want you to stay in the house. We want you to get your father, your grandfather, whoever it is, all of your relatives, and get into that little apartment and don't move. If you leave the apartment, then your blood is on your own hands. And we will spare you. And that's how they end up. This, this woman makes a deal with them. So this story turns from actually a... A desperate housewife story to a mission impossible. Everybody go, dun, 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 dun. Come on, let me hear you. Come on, come on. In the balcony. Dun, 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 dun. All right, shh, 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 shh. Let's hear the bleacher creatures upstairs, all right? Dun, 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 dun. All right, down here. Dun, 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 dun. All right, all together. Dun, 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 dun. It is a mission impossible. The truth is, this is an impossibility. But Rahab, she rises to the occasion. Now, here's a prostitute, an unlikely hero. But, but now, I want to give you a snapshot of how she turns into a hero. And why is she a hero? It all starts with the promise that God gives Joshua. You go into the land and you destroy everything. Judgment is coming on Jerusalem. The day of reckoning is coming to Jerusalem. She knows it. Rahab is, is trying to make a living, but she knows that her family is doomed. Her family is in grave danger. 
judgment day, the day of reckoning is coming. The Bible says a man, whatever he sows, they're going to reap. And she knows the reaper is coming. She knows that destruction is coming on her family. But now this is where she steps up. This is where the whole story changes. Here's where everything changes. First snapshot. The first piece of the portrait of an unlikely hero. Rahab, listen to me, makes a life-changing decision. A, a decision, one decision that saves her entire family. And more than that, it allows Israel and the Israelites to go into the promised land. She saves Israel from destruction. Just think about that. This very unlikely hero was a non-Jew. She's a pagan. She lives in the wrong side of town. She is the foolish, very weak and foolish things of this world. Rahab is confronted, though, with a life-altering decision. She can give in to fear. She can give up the spies to the king. She can keep living the way she's living. Or she can take advantage of a divine opportunity from God. Rahab decides, this is my moment. This is my opportunity. This is a divine opportunity from God. God came to my house. It's a bad house. It's a house of prostitution. But God shows up at my house and he gives me an opportunity to change. And this very unlikely hero, she says to herself, I'm going for it. I'm making a change in my life. This is a God moment in my life and I'm not going to pass up this opportunity. You see, what separates heroes from non-heroes? Heroes are human beings. Heroes struggle like anyone else. Listen, there are no superheroes in this world. That's in the movies, okay? How many of you went to see the Avengers? That's in the movies. They're people that look just like you, but they come from Krypton or something. And they have special superpowers. Well, that's not true. That's in the movies. And you know what? I love those movies, you know? In fact, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a junkie for those movies. I love those movies where the hero comes and saves the day. Hmm? I don't want my heroes to die. I don't like what they did to Batman. I don't like them. They made him a sadistic maniac. I want him to be good. I don't want Superman to die. I want them to all live, and I want them to have all these superpowers. But the truth is, that's movies. That's not true. See, a real hero is a human being. A real hero like Abraham Lincoln or Esther in the Bible or anyone else, you know, that has done incredible things for this world, incredible contributions to society. We're human beings just like you and I. But you see, the difference between a hero and a person that's not a hero is a hero takes the opportunity. He seizes the opportunity when it comes his way. She seizes the opportunity when it comes her way. She sees God is giving me a divine moment in my life to change. He's given me another chance in my life. He's giving me an opportunity to do something I've never done before. He's given me the opportunity to forget my failures in the past and move forward to something that God has for me in my future. Listen to me. These heroes are people with human frailties, just like you and I. Unlikely heroes are not superhuman heroes, but they're human beings who decide that something has to change in my life. Something has to change in my family. 
Something has to change in my marriage. Something has to change in my society. Something has to change in the environment around me. And perhaps maybe I need to start first. It needs to start with me first. You see, when God gives them a moment of opportunity, when God gives them a divine appointment with destiny, they take it. They seize the moment. Why? Because they believe that, 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 that God is the God of the second chance. And no matter what happened in the past, when God gives us a second chance, we take it. We don't pass it up. Rahab said, this is my moment to change. God has given me another chance, and I'm taking it. You see, heroes are not afraid. Heroes, human beings that are heroes are not afraid of change. And see, the truth is, we're all afraid at times of change. Even when our lives are dysfunctional. Even when we know we can't continue going this way, doing this. I, I, I can't keep up the pace. I've expended too much energy. Something's got to change in my life. The way that I feel about myself, the insecurities, the fears of my life, even the sins and compromises of my life, that stuff's got to change in my life. I can't keep on doing what I'm doing because the day of reckoning is coming. I need to change. And so heroes are not afraid to encounter reality, the reality that they need to change in their life, and then they're going to take God at his word that God's giving them another opportunity to change. Maybe... Today, this morning, you can see, Mom, that things need to change. You're an unlikely hero because you can see that, needs, that things need to change. And, and maybe this morning you can see that things in your life are going from bad to worse. Things in your marriage are going from bad to worse. Things in your family are from going from bad to worse. Relationships in your life are going from bad to worse. And it seems like judgment day is right around the corner. And God's saying, maybe it's time for you to be courageous and start all over again this morning. Maybe it's time for a change. Mom, maybe it's time for you to change for your family's sake, for your marriage's sake. Now, now let, me, let me be honest with you. My first temptation always on Mother's Day is to encourage the mothers and tell them how wonderful they are. They're superhuman people, and we love them, we respect them, we applaud them, and everything's awesome in their life because they're awesome people. That's my first Temptation is just make the moms feel good. But God's, by the Holy Spirit, told me to tell you that some of you moms in this place, you need to be courageous enough to be the first person in your family to begin the change. There's something that needs to change in your life. There's something that God wants to do in your life. You see, Rahab, she decided, in order to save my family, it starts with me. She decided no more life of prostitution. No more life outside of God's will for my family. No more compromise. No more putting myself before God's perfect plan and purpose for my life. It's time to be a person of great faith. No more pagan family. I want to be a Jew. I want to, I want to be engrafted into, in, into becoming a child, a daughter of the living God. I want to be blessed and I want my family to be blessed. And it's going to start with me. Listen to me, Mom. You may come to church every week. But this morning, maybe God is speaking to you and, and, and he's saying to you, in order for you to be an unlikely hero, then there are things in your life that need to change. There are things that you need to be courageous enough to look at in your life. And change is never easy. We love for things to stay the same. Change is scary. Nobody likes to change. 
Change is always necessary, though, for faith to come alive in us. And, Mom, before you turn me off, before you say, you know, I didn't come to church to be beaten up today. I came to church to be lifted up. Listen, is there something in your own personal life that you need to allow God to change? Maybe you're living in fear. Maybe you're living in insecurity. Maybe there's some depression that God needs to deal with in your life. Maybe you know that you need to forgive your husband or your wife. Uh, well, you don't want to do that if you're a mom. Obama, we still believe, man and woman. But whatever it is in your life that needs to change, God loves you so much that this morning He wants to speak to you and He wants to tell you that you're not special because you've got mom in front of your name. You're not important to this world because you're a mom. You're important in this world because you're a daughter. You're His daughter. And He loves you with an everlasting love. And, and you're not just a mom. You're an individual. You're a person in which God has created. You're wonderfully and fearfully made. And God knows that you're a person of emotions. That God knows that you have times of fear. That God knows that you have times of insecurity, great insecurity in your life. That God knows that there are times that you are depressed. That God sees every tear. That God knows every thought. That God knows what you're personally going through in your own individual life. And God loves you because he created you. And it's not because you're a mom that God loved you. It's not because you're a mom that you're important. It's because he loved you because Christ Jesus died on the cross. And if you were the only person on the face of this earth, he would have died for you because he loved you. You're his daughter. Come on, somebody say amen. And God loved you with an everlasting love. And so what do you need courage this morning to change in your life? Heroes are people who embrace change in their life. It's never too late to change, Mom. And you know that there's some things in your own personal life that needs to change. And God's saying, let me do that. Let me, let me touch that area of your life. Let me touch that unforgiveness. Let me touch that bitterness. Let me take it away. Let me touch that insecurity. Let me touch that fear. Let me touch that pride, whatever it is. I want to work in your life because I love you because you're my daughter. Second snapshot, I love this. Rahab takes a risk to save her family, and it is a big risk. Everybody, come on. Dun, 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 dun. It's a big risk. Why? Because, listen, you don't mess with the king. You know what would happen if this mission fails? You know what would have happened if this mission failed, they would have actually been dragged out to the center of the city. Rahab would have been dragged out with her father, with her father-in-law, with her mother, with her brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and all the people that she could fit in that little apartment. They would have dragged them out into the middle of the street and they would have executed them on the spot to show everybody in Jericho, you don't mess with the king this way. You don't harbor spies. You don't abate and help spies. You don't do that. Why? Because you're going to destroy Jericho. She knew that this was a big risk. But she was willing to take the risk. And mom, let me tell you, 
mothering is a risky business. Now, you might say, Pastor Steve, last time I looked at you, you're a man. How do you know? Because I'm a pastor. And let me tell you something. Pastors and moms, they kind of run on the same track. You say, oh, really? Have you ever had a baby before? Oh, yes. I've given birth many times, spiritual birth, to churches and people and sons and daughters. And, man, I've prayed and prayed and prayed for people, and I have exhausted all my energy. We're running on the same track, honey. And the truth is, I know that being a spiritual parent, and for you, being a mommy, is really risky business because you're risking a lot. And the truth is that some of us, we don't even know if the risk is worth it because we say to ourselves, what if, what if I really give everything? What if I love until I have no more love? That's what a mother's called to do. She loves and keeps on loving. What if I love and love only to be heartbroken at the end of my life? And you know, here's what the world tells you. You know what, you know what Oprah will say? She owns her own necklace. She can say whatever she wants right now. Take care of yourself, mom. Save a little in the tank. Yes, that's true. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself. But you know, the world says, you know, make sure that you protect yourself because you never know when your husband's going to run out, so save a little stash under the bed. Protect yourself. You never know when your family is going to desert you. You've got to take care, number one. But the Word of God tells us that we're a team and we work together and that we give hundred, hundred to one another. We love one another with hundred, hundred, men and women, whoever we are. But, 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 but Mom, I can understand that mothering is risky business what if I love and I love at the end of my life I'm heartbroken what if I give and I give only to be left empty and dry what if I pray what if I pray and I fast and I believe God what if I pray and pray for my kid what if I pray for my sons and my daughters what if I believe God that God's gonna bless my kids what if I pray and fast and deny myself and at the end of my life my kids are not serving the Lord it's risky business isn't it because you're putting yourself way out there. What if they turn away from God? What if I feel, what if I feel after all of this risk, it doesn't work? What if the mission fails? Mothering could be the scariest thing in life. Before all the unsung heroes, unlikely heroes called mothers here, Rahab knew judgment day was coming for a family, but the risk was worth it all. Rahab knew that God made a promise to her. And mom, I want to tell you, even though it's risky business, God makes a promise to you. Hallelujah. And God never goes back on his promise. Somebody say amen. When God says it, he means it. And God says you train your child, and when he is old, he will not depart from the faith. Come on, somebody. God says, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless your family. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, and your whole household will be saved. Come on, somebody. Now, I know there's some kids in this room right now. You're not serving the Lord, but you don't have a chance. You're coming back to God because you've got a mother that loves the Lord and she's praying for you. Let me tell you, you might as well give up now because you're going to be serving the Lord one day. Hallelujah! You know what Paul the Apostle says? He said, if you love God, Mom, your whole household is sanctified and set apart. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. It's blessed by God. I want you to go home today and say, this home is blessed by God. Hallelujah. This apartment is blessed by God. The Spirit of God lives in this place. Hallelujah. Jesus está aquí. All right, all right, all right. For all you Caribbean people, Jesus is here, man. So don't worry. Be happy. Because God always keeps his end of the bargain. He always keeps, listen to me, look at me, mom. God always keeps his end of the bargain. So she goes upstairs, and it's risky business at night. And she says to these guys, listen, I want to make a deal with you. Oh, mothers are good at making deals. Proverbs 31 mothers are really good at making deals. My mother was a single mom, 28 years old. She taught me when you go into the store, if it says $10, you get it for 5 <laughs> and I get it for five. And she goes up and makes a deal. Risky business. And she tells these guys, listen, I've hidden you. Now you have to hid, hide us in safety. And even though being a mom is a really risky business, there is what's called the thread of redemption. The scarlet thread of redemption. Rahab, if you place that scarlet thread in the window, if you stay in the house and you totally trust me, if you stay still and know that I am God and don't take matters into your own hand, but do as I tell you to do and obey me, I will be faithful to fulfill my promise to you. Here is the scarlet thread. Put it in your window. Now, now listen to me. No matter what you hear, Rahab, listen to me. No matter what you hear outside, Rahab. No matter what you see when you look out that window, Rahab. No matter how fearful you become, because courage is not the absence of fear. But courage is going ahead and believing God and being still, waiting on what God has told you to do. And trusting him even though your knees are knocking. Whatever you hear, Rahab, whatever you hear outside, don't panic. Whatever you see out that window, don't take matters into your own hands. Stay in the house. And friend, let me tell you something. As I close this morning, there's a time in which we give everything we can. As mothers, as people of God, there's a time when we give everything we can. We pray and we pray, we fast and we give of our all to our kids and our family. And then there comes a time when God says, get in your house and be still and know that I am God. Don't you move. Don't take matters into your own hands, but know that I am God. I made you a problem. Be still and know. Take courage. And the Bible says in Psalms 37, even when evil men advance against you, take courage and wait. I say, wait patiently on the Lord. Be still, because I'm on my way. Glory to God. And you might be saying to yourself, man, I prayed and I fasted and I believe God for my family and I haven't seen all of the fulfillment of God's promise uh, and I see 
see, as I look out my window, I see the enemy taking out this kid and that kid. And I see the things that are happening all around in society. And I'm getting afraid. Know this one thing. Stay, stay put. Stay in the house. Believe God. Stay in the house of God. Don't run away from God. But believe God. Because God is on his way. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Be still and know that he is God. You've done your part. You haven't been perfect. There are times when you failed, but now it's time. Listen to me, Mom. Listen to me. Now it's time to simply trust in God's promises to deliver your family. Psalms 37, do not fret because of evil men who try to seduce your children to walk away from God. I'm putting some words in there. Or be envious of those who do wrong or those who can give their children more material things than you can give that won't even last. Why? For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and keep doing what is good for your children and for your family's sake. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart to see your children blessed. Commit your children to the Lord and your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still, be still and wait patiently for the Lord. For in due time, he will send deliverance. Rahab is in the house. Her family is outside, inside of the house with her. And outside, there is a war raging. They can hear the sounds of death all around them. They could hear the screams of violence and destruction. But they were safe in the house. Listen to me. Being a parent has great risk. And you, mom, have risked everything for your family. Every prayer was a risk. Every time you reached out, it was a risk. Every time you put yourself out, it was a risk. But he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. And we will save the Lord. He is our refuge and our strength. A thousand may fall on our right side and 10,000 on our left side, but it shall not come nigh our little house, our dwelling place. Glory to God. Oh, you see, this story is a story of an unlikely hero because you see God he specializes 